All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Two Planker Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schaefer, and today on the show, we have Benny Osno. And Benny, thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, we got to start it off. Everyone's coming back from summer vacation. What have you been up to this summer? It's been uh, a bunch of skateboarding, disc golf, um, went to Woodward Copper with Line, and then we went to Wendell's as well. Just got back from that trip. I was talking to uh, Simeon, like, literally earlier today, and uh, we didn't get into it. So, did Copper and, and Wendell's have two completely separate line weeks, or was, like, Line just bopping around doing their own thing? Well, yeah, Line, line has, like, a, a week at each summer camp pretty much every summer. So, I think we were at, we went to Woodward Copper the last week in June, and there's, there's like, a few of us that went, and then a bun- everyone always wants to go to Hood, so... It was a huge, huge team thing in Hood this year. Yeah. Who's got the better setup? That's tough because Wendell's it looked really sick this summer, but they like the week we were there, they got rid of the third rope tile. So we weren't able to like it was really crowded in the Wendell's lane and then there's just the pro park, which is like two rails and a jump. So I would say honestly I had more fun at Woodward Copper for the skiing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do the uh, let's do the athlete profile. We'll give everybody a chance to learn a little bit more about you, and um, yeah, so let's get right into it. So, where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Long Beach, New York, 30 minutes from JFK. Sick. So, what's that like for uh, in terms of the community? Because I know that on, on Long Island, there's a lot of you know some some towns are more quiet, some are super packed. So, what was yours? It gets it would get pretty crowded in the summertime because like a little a little beach town, but and then it gets really quiet during the winter. Yeah, and so I mean, that is you're certainly not at the mountain there. So like, what was life like for you while you were living there before you moved? Well, I would do a lot of skateboarding, surfing, kind of like did all like my parents always signed me and my sisters up for like all the different types of uh, team sports and activities like that so we were we were always staying pretty busy and active outside yeah and you you guys have kind of a uh like diehard weekend warrior family so you guys were going up to vermont all the time right yeah yeah from when i was like two years old up until we moved to vermont yeah so what was the setup with that did you guys rent a place did you have a place up there um i'm not sure what year we they rented a place at first but eventually they bought a place i'm not sure how old i was and yeah we just go up every weekend to bromley mountain and my parents would kind of just put me and my sister into into these programs and they would just go ski for fun and then pick us up at the end of the day were they just teaching you guys how to ski or were they trying to push for like oh hey maybe you might get into racing at some point or moguls or whatever it was just an it was just kind of an all around program that we were in. It's called the Jets. Um and so it was more so just like teaching you how to ski well and like towards the like the higher groups, they start going towards the route of like teaching you racing or moguls or whatever. But I just I when I got there I just wanted to ski park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how old were you when you guys finally made the move up there full time? I moved to Vermont when I was 12 after Hurricane Sandy. The whole entire city was was underwater during it. Like I remember 
I live in an apartment building, so like our actual apartment was fine, but the garage, two of the walls caved in, and everything in the garage was out on the street the next day, and we're like the whole town was just out and about, just walking around, looking at all the damage. And there's a boardwalk in the in the town, and it's just like all splintered in every which way. It was really crazy, and there was no power for for weeks. And I, we were fortunate enough that my parents had the Vermont house, so we we went up to Vermont to kind of kind of wait and see what happened. And then the school got the worst damage pretty much because it's already under construction in Long Beach. And so the school didn't open for, for months. And my parents put us into a, a middle school up in Vermont. And that's when I ended up going to SMS. Yeah. How are you feeling when your parents decided, okay, yeah, your old life, all your old friends. Yeah. Those are, they're staying in New York and now you're fully up here in Vermont in the middle of nowhere. At first I didn't, I didn't really think it was going to be a permanent move. I I kind of thought I was just going to do the the winter term at Stratton Mountain School. And then kind of like the springtime came and I was like, all right, like when are we going home? And they're like, this is home now. Like we're staying, but you can go back for the summers. So it was definitely, I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't that happy with it for sure. But it was, it was like my only option, you know? Yeah, definitely. So when they put you in SMS, like, did you go into it with any intention of, of trying to pursue skiing in a serious way? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, well, this is fun. It's school. I get to ski a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely, I really wanted to, like, pursue skiing as, as like, what I did when I, it was because I started park skiing two years prior to moving out and going to SMS. So I was, like, really into it at the time, but probably just didn't have have good enough parks so I was kind of like looking for like the next thing to people to ski with and I was gonna go to to Stratton and ski weekends with Brian Knowles who I think is like one of the best coaches out there um and then the whole thing happened so I ended up going to SMS but like graduating elementary school I remember they had in the yearbook uh what you want to be when you're older and I I like wrote down that I wanted to be a skier and that I, that I like, that I just want to get sponsors and have fun. Yeah. That's crazy that you knew it from like when you were that young, that's like, that's so wild. I mean, could you just give like a little, uh, Southern Vermont geography? So you're riding at Brom, like what's the, how far is it from like Bromley Stratton, Mount Snow? I know they're all kind of around the same area, but you had access to all those mountains from that house. Yeah. So the where my parents got their house in this small town called Londonderry and it's right next to Magic Mountain and about 15 minutes from Bromley 15 minutes from Stratton it's about 35 40 from Mount Snow uh 15 from Killington 30 from or 15 from Okemo 30 from Killington and then like two hours south of Sugarbush so it was pretty it was pretty neutral to all those southern uh mountains. So you so you actually knew from when you were in elementary school that you wanted to take this serious and by the time that you got to uh middle school, I guess when you're going to SMS, you're like, "All right, this is like a chance to to take this shit more serious." Yeah, for sure. I was in those first those first years I was 
I was going really crazy and progressing at an insane rate until I got hurt my my uh freshman year. Oh damn! So so like seventh grade through freshman year, you're just progressing like crazy, and then it just hits a wall pretty much. Not not that it it didn't like hit a wall. Like I was still. I'd say I was still progressing because, I mean, skiing every day, it's hard not to just, like, get better, I'd say. But I kind of wouldn't – I would choose the days that I would, like, ski harder if I got injured just because I don't don't want to – like, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to, like – I didn't want to, like, just keep trying something just for the case of I got to train today. <laughs> Yeah, did they did they have you doing competitions right off the bat, or was it a lot of training when you were when you were on the younger side? Well, yeah, I, I started doing USASA when I was the year before I went to SMS was my first year, but it was it was more so just kind of like just for fun. Like I think I did a backflip in my runs, like three sixties, like very mellow stuff. But then, so like right when I started going to SMS, they had me do all three disciplines like rail jam slope style and half pipe and i never skied a half pipe before that year they didn't have one at bromley yeah clearly i definitely don't have one at bromley i think i've been there yeah once. <laughs> yeah so uh so your so your specialty like for actual formal competitions like on the mountain would be slope style right like unless did they do rail jams at the mountains or was that more of like yeah. a season thing yeah, they had them at the mountains. It was like a part of USASA. It was like rail jam. And I, I definitely – slope style slope style and rail jam were my two best. And even that first year, I was – I did like – I did pretty decent at pipe. But also, I was like 12. wasn't like doing anything crazy, just like a 540 at the top and then maybe another – the other way, 540 at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're you're on the local circuit. Did you ever get to travel for it? Like in those early years, I went to nationals in uh, Copper Copper Mountain. Sick. So how was that uh, your first experience at nationals? My first experience at nationals, it was it was cool because I met so many so many people from like other states that also were in free skiing. Because at the time I didn't really, there wasn't like social media like it is now, and it was kind of you just like knew of other you knew of other people just because you'd see their names in like the rankings for nationals, but you didn't really know anyone outside of it unless they had like season edits or whatever. So then you like go to nationals and you meet all these kids that you like, you see they're like, they're like ranked like right with you and you're like competing with them. So it was pretty cool. Like kind of like first step into like meeting people outside of like the Southern Vermont area. Yeah. So who who was your crew like within Southern Vermont? At that time, I was skiing just with all the like the homies at Stratton Mountain School. It was like there was four of us my first year, but when I was competing, I was always competing against like Garrett Whaley was was always there at the contest. Um, Ryan Funky, Joe Fusar, like Sam Ginoza was there, like. So, so many people has definitely forgetting some too. We were all kind of doing like the, all, all the contests together. And then when we started doing like USSA contests, then you do a bit more traveling, go to like Maine and, and like, uh, and Waterville, New Hampshire, and like kind of like go a little bit more around 
outside of Vermont. Word. So, I mean, getting us back to the timeline. So, what happened your freshman year with that injury? Uh, it was it was springtime, right towards like the end of end of the day. We were at this this rail jam at Killington, and I was skiing with Sam, my friend Henry, and we were just kind of like just joking around, just like laughing. We were like boosting the jumps and. I like, went big on the first jump. Me, me and my friend Henry were like side by side, like laughing, kind of jumping off of it. And then I did a cork three on the second jump. And I just landed like a little bit back seat and like maybe a little under rotated. It just kind of like made, I like just felt it like click and pop or whatever. And I just couldn't, I couldn't walk on my leg. I just like instantly felt it. I was like, oh, that's not good. And then I had to call ski patrol and get sledded down. And then, yeah. yeah, it turned out that I tore my meniscus. So how long does that put you out for? Because I'm more familiar with, like, the timeline for ACL. The meniscus, it's not, it wasn't too long of a recovery, I think, in total, like, maybe six months. Or, like, and like when you can, like, start kind of doing stuff again. It was, I don't really remember too long how, I don't remember how long it took full, mm-hmm. to fully recover. Yeah. So... Obviously, you've drifted away from competitions entirely now. So, like, how how long were you saying interesting competitions for for before you were like, yeah, this isn't for me? It was kind of it was kind of like goes in with the uh, injury because same thing. Like when it was a shitty icy day out on the East Coast, which there's a lot of. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like throw my best comp run because I didn't want to, I didn't want to risk it. So. And my coach would definitely, like, sometimes be a little bit, like, you got to be training, like, the day before. And I was like, nah, the weather sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that that was kind of when that year, I think it was my end of my freshman year, yeah. And then that summer, I had, I was, I had the choice to go to Whistler with, with the Strat and Mountain School team or just go to Camp Champion as, like, a camper. And I chose to go as a camper because I just wanted to go and have fun. Like, I didn't want to – I didn't want to have to be, like, worrying about progressing and training and, like, doing all this. I just wanted to go and, like, have a good time. And I went with, with my friend Henry Robbins, who was also on the, the Stratton team at the time. And, uh, yeah, we had, we had, like, the best time ever in Whistler because we didn't go with the team. <laughs> So you basically turned your back on the team that summer. I'm not saying that as like in a bad way, but like you did your own thing. And so you come back your sophomore year after just doing your own thing all summer. What was your viewpoint of the school once you got back? Like, was it just more of like, I got to get out of here? Or... Oh yeah. I was, I was ready to leave for sure. But my parents were like, just keep doing it. Like, like, come on, like you, you got it, whatever. Like you're doing like, you're like getting so much better at skiing. Like, why, why do you not want to do it at this school and whatnot? I was, I was like, I don't know. It's not fun. It's not as fun. And like, my biggest thing is I just want to have fun. If it's not, if it's not fun for me, then I, what's the point of doing it? Yeah. So you actually end up leaving Stratton Mountain School, and and so where did you land? I landed at Burn Burn Academy in Manchester, Vermont. Yeah. So what's the setup of that school like? It's it's got a really nice campus actually. It's just like kind of like a few like there's like three or four buildings kind of spread out on this mountain, 
side and it's like a it was a semi-private school but because the town I lived in in Londonderry doesn't have a high school I got school choice and the town pays for my tuition to go to the to the school so I would just go like drive like 30 minutes to school every morning and it's like it's a pretty nice school for sure but I wasn't I still wanted to ski a bunch but I just didn't like uh doing it with the ski academy so I don't know I wasn't too focused on the schooling is it like the same setup where you're skiing most of the day or is it more of a traditional high school no it's more of a much more of a traditional high school like except on the on Fridays they would have half days but other than that it was a a normal high school yeah so you kind of just went back to being a normal kid from basically everyone's outside point of view yeah, kinda. That's what I that's what I wanted at the time though. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like cuz another thing with the the uh ski academy is there was only like so many kids my age that were at the school. Like until like my last couple years, but bef- like first few years there's only six kids in my grade. Yeah. And so, you were and you were in 7th grade in a high school, so you're like way younger. Yeah. And I went, I went from like living in New York where I had, I had so many friends because I played all the team sports and kind of like grew up with the whole like town of everyone that like does all these sports and whatnot. And then went from that to just like six kids in my grade. Most of them live at the school and like not much to do after school when I'm not skiing or like doing like school shit. So kind of just a whack setup. Yeah. (laughs) So Pretty much. <laughs> so how'd you stay tuned in with skiing, you know, going from skiing every single day to kind of having to be more, more of a traditional student? Uh, I was kind of fine with it. Those, the first, like the first couple of years, it wasn't, it wasn't like anything too crazy. Actually, I, f- I just forgot, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays, there was a, we had like a, a free skiing club and or maybe it wasn't Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think it was just Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we'd have like a contest and where we would compete against other schools. And so we like go, we'd get out of school early on those days and be able to go to the mountain and and uh, compete. And then having like Fridays, Fridays to ski a half day. So really like wasn't too bad going back to skiing on the, on the weekends only because yeah. I had – like before going to the ski academy, that's like what I knew, you know? So what became your home mount at that point? Mount snow. Cause all, all through Stratton, I kind of would ride at Mount snow. Um, yeah. for a couple, for a couple years there, I would like, I would coach a little bit at Bromley, like the local team that I did. But when I would actually like want to go ski the park, I'd go to Mount snow. So what year are we talking? Like, so this is your junior year at the new school. That's like sophomore year is when I started at the new school. It oh, so you like transitioned like midway through? December. December of like right before winter. Okay, cool. So that's like 2015-ish? 2016? 2015, I think. Yeah. So Mount Snow, that's uh, those are that's like A60 Media up there. That's Chris Dijon holding it down. Mike, all those guys. Were you plugged in with them or did you have your own crew? Uh, at that time, I I wasn't. I kind of. I was just skiing with the the kids of the academy, but then once I once I left, that's when I kind of started becoming friends with with Chris and 
all the other guys skiing just at the mountain because I would I would leave school and just go on Fridays and the weekends just go to Mount Snow. Yeah. Um, but that 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 was like I kind of got in with them more my senior year because my senior year I had it worked out with this school because I'd gotten on the Corinthia team also. When did when did you get on the Corinthia team? My senior year. Okay, so both happened same year, yeah. Um, and that's and then I was like because I was on the Corinthia team, I like talked to the school and made it so that I could leave after my second class on like every other day. So I'd leave at like ten thirty and just go to the mountain and just ski with whoever's at the mountain. So kinda like whoever was there is who I'd ski with. So what do you mean by the Corinthia team? Like what was it a team for? Like it was it was it was just like they called it the Corinthia team and they do uh like video shoots okay. for the mountain and stuff like that. Um and so yeah we did like sunrise shoots and just kind of film C sessions was a big thing back then and it was it was like a four episodes, five episodes or however much um throughout the year that they'd film and it would just be like the the Corinthia team is like the people who were who were filming for those videos and like got a free pass to the mountain and kind of was just like the like main person who they were like marketing with. Yeah. So prior to shit popping off your, your senior year, were you doing anything junior or were you just kind of getting back on your feet, getting used to a new school? Well, yeah. Ju- junior year was actually really sick because it, it was right when Liam Downey was moving back to the East coast and I we had some I had met him once before, but we had mutual friends because my first coach, uh, Justin Ordway, was friends with him and Chance Longley, who who ran the ski shop that sponsored me. And so they kind of connected me with Liam and Liam started working at Burn Burton with the the free skiing club. And he con- he would coach us and go to the contest with us for that year. So it was really it was really sick. Kind of I still was getting coached but it was a way way like more chill environment and just like with a good dude yeah hand up i don't know too much about liam i got to do way more research on him i'd like to get him on at some point but isn't he like super super tall isn't he like six foot like like is he, isn't he just a huge guy oh yeah he towers over me <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, yeah you're on the shorter side i kind of forgot that too yeah so he's just like a huge guy on skis yeah, for sure. <laughs> but he makes awesome. it look good. He does make it look good. Yeah. So he was coaching you guys. And so were you still competing in all the USASA stuff or was it? Like- no, that my sophomore year was when that all ended. I, I kind of tried to compete um, without having the coach, but I, like, I went to Waterville for one contest and I thought it was so bad. I just left after practice. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then I went to another one at Okimo and I did a switch backflip and a zero spin because I kind of messed up on the first rail. And that that was my last contest for slope style or like for like a main contest. I did little like rail jams here and there afterwards. Yeah. Word. So, I mean, you make a huge like you make a great pivot for what you want to do. Go to a new school, start getting coached by Liam. And that momentum kind of carries through your senior year, getting on the Corinthia team. I said that that junior year, though, I had a lot of uh, injuries. Oh shit! Um, I had, I had like 
from when I tore my meniscus the first time, I kind of didn't really wait or do the physical therapy enough and kind of just strained it again. And it was torn again partially. And I tried to ski the year, that junior year, with it torn. And I kind of messed it up again because because I was just trying to ski on like the hurt knee and I just ended up getting other injuries because I was compensating for it with my other legs. And like I had just, I sprained my ankle in the ski boot really bad. And then came back from that. I like hit my head one time and then got a concussion. And then the last one from that year, I like fractured my jaw doing trying to do, I was doing a cork nine and landed sideways and just compressed and hit my chin on my knee and just like broke broke like my jaw right underneath my ear mm. and like excruciating pain and then after that I got the surgery on my knee and then so my I was like didn't do a whole lot of skiing that junior year but I was like, still hungry to to keep skiing my senior year and was like hyped when I got on the C team because I was like then like I can like film and do all this stuff now yeah I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised that momentum carried over after all those injuries. Who did you uh, like? Did you have to reach out to someone to get on the C team, or did somebody reach out to you? Um, it was. I don't really remember how that kind of came about. I was. I had been skiing at Mount Snow since I was twelve, so I was kind of like that little kid that was had like was like growing up now, and just like knew all the right people. Like Chris Dijon was always filming the C sessions videos and. Uh, actually, Devin Bernard, I think it was the snowboard filmer, was had like a a big thing to do with it because my friend Storm Rowe was on the C team also, and I think, I think he maybe like put in a word or something. Yeah, dude, I gotta do an episode about the history of Corinthia because it's just for like a solid ten years while I was growing up and it definitely overlapped with your story too. Like they were just on a tear. Do you remember see the movie, like the whole movie they made? I'm not sure. It might've been like a few years before you, but they made like a full feature length movie at Corinthia. But I think honestly, it might've gone under the radar for the ski community. Cause I think that's when it was still like super heavy on the snowboarding focus. Like, like a lot of the C sessions with snowboarding it seemed like a lot of the features were built for snowboarding. So that could have been like just before you got there. Yeah, true. I think so. I mean, the park here still is mostly snowboarders. Yeah. Um. So you said you got to do a lot of shoots at Corinthia. Who was who was coming through there, and like, how did they even end up at at Corinthia, especially for the big production companies? Well, so um, for the, for the shoots. Most of like a couple of them were just for the mountain for Corinthia, um, because I was that was like a thing that we do because of being like on the C team, we would do the the video shoots and advertise for them that way, and then uh, ski the East would come pretty often like once or twice they came for those years, and then good company like Jacob Bellinger video for his like working working titles I think it was called they came through for that also and yeah it was it was pretty much that was it while I was like filming with them yeah 
were you getting recognized by like any companies for a sponsorship? Not really at that time. I had this one, this one like European clothing company called Alex Deco would send me boxes of clothing and like hoodies and stuff for a couple of years. And then I had uh, the Starting Gate Ski Shop and like right at the bottom of the Stratton Access Road. They were, they were always hooking me up through like my whole like time at SMS. And then till then. Yeah. Sick. That's, yeah. I always love the, <laughs> the names of the companies that hook up like kids when they're 14 or 15. Cause it's always, yeah. it's always something super, like super, uh, uh, what's the word for it? It's super wholesome. It's like nothing serious, but it's just like, they want to stoke you out. I was, yeah, for sure. It was sick. Like, I don't even know how they got in contact with me. It was through like Facebook. They just like, saw a video on Facebook and just like hit me up. That's awesome. So, uh, things are going great your senior year. Where was your head at for uh, college? Uh, wasn't really like a thought that much. I I filled out all the applications and was ready to kind of ready to go but I had no idea what I was going to go to school for I just kind of was just going to apply to places that were near mountains so I could keep skiing and at the end I kind of gave myself the ultimatum like if I get on the C team and like can film for the mountain and do stuff like that then I'm going to take the skiing route and just wait and see because I know that I can go to college whenever so kind of wait and see if I like something comes up that I want to go to school for if the skiing thing works out then who needs it (laughs) (laughs) word so you graduate and this is what I'm always interested in with people that they decide they want to pursue skiing so you graduate in May and you're like all right the thing I want to pursue I can't even do it right now because it's summer so like what what did you do that whole summer just like waiting for the next winter uh skateboarding i did construction i think that summer actually no that summer that summer i went to windows because i won a session my senior year oh yeah the down rails and double kinks you what you got the free uh free trip to windows yeah so i i did get to ski a little bit that summer but for the most part just working how was it going up there oh it was it was amazing that was my first my first year going to windows ever yeah ever and it was it was a blast it was so much fun like all the coaches were my friends and my I had another friend Austin who was a camper like in my cabin we just we just mobbed and I had a really fun time and I I filmed like a pretty sick edit that year with uh Sam Ginoza and uh Owen Dahlberg filmed it oh yeah shit I gotta I gotta go watch that that sounds like it'll be good oh yeah Uh, that summer you get to go out to hood. That's awesome. Where were you at that winter? Were you still living at your at your parents' house? Yeah, still at my parents' house in Vermont. Mm-hmm. But they kind of, we still had our place in New York, so they kind of were in New York a lot of that time. So I was, me and my sister kind of just held down the fort in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. That's just like the, that is just like the uh, the Dijon brothers. Like Chris and Mike have that place up there. It's their parents' place. Yeah. They just hold down the fort in Vermont. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. So, well, yeah, what were you doing that winter? 
at winter is just that was at winter's another year just like filming a lot at the mountain um with like uh aaron husak would come up from connecticut with i'd film with him and goo and then doing filming with uh chris dejan and the 860 guys and then doing like c sessions videos also so that yeah they were keeping you busy with all yeah. the video content yeah i mean it, it was it didn't even really feel like too much of like a burden of like video content is more just like oh yeah we're just like laughing at the mountain let's just like film a couple things like for fun yeah um and i had just gotten on line skis like beginning of that year beginning of fall. that winter or like just before winter yeah like that that fall how did that how did that come about like because you're involved with them pretty seriously now. Like, was it serious from the start or was it flow product at first? Well, at the first, the first year, like, it was Kevin Merchant. Kevin Merchant had a lot to do with it because he, he's like always been kind of around the scene. He was my coach at Wendell's that summer that I won the session. And he was like, yo, like, if you're down to ride for line and full tilly, I can. I can probably get you skis and boots. And he was he was the East Coast rep. He might still be. Yeah. And so like I was trying to ride for Icelandic at the time, but the the East Coast rep that I was I had gotten in contact with had quit. And so then I wasn't gonna get a ski sponsor again. And then I hit up Tweak. I was like, yo, Tweak, like, I'd love to ride for line skis. Like, can you get me a pair of skis? And um I ended up like being like, can I just get it from like the local ski shop and you just send them a pair of skis. And so that first, that's what ended up happening. And that first year I ended up just getting a pair of skis, but then once they broke, I just brought them to the ski shop to warranty them. (laughs) And then, and got a new, another pair of skis that way. Like wasn't, I was only getting flowed like one pair of skis a year for that first year. Yeah. And that was just before that that first season out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Word. I mean, so were there any uh, notable shoots, like your first year, kind of in the real world? When did that? Uh, when did that slush game happen? The slush game happened my senior year of high school. Okay, that was pretty sick. You want to break yeah. that? Down? <laughs> uh yeah, we could. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the best performance by my part but I was feeling pretty shitty that day just kind of like I had mono at the time and was like feeling really sick and but it was a slush game I was like you gotta go play slush I gotta do it and then that morning I woke up and I just felt like terrible and I did not I did not want to ski at all but they Gunsock paid for a slush game to happen there so they needed to happen so Calvin Calvin Lyons is going to play some random some random kid that's like a local at the mountain and I was I was going to have to like just sit in the car and I was like ah fuck it I guess I'll play and it was going well at first and then I just kind of like got lazy <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just there's no other way to put it you blew a huge lead oh yeah I shit the bed that's <laughs> oh, all good though that like slush is so that, that's just super laid back yeah word um so first year out of school make it through the winter 
What was that? What was the move that summer? After uh, the summer, like of twenty nineteen. Yeah, like so you so you go out of so you get out of college. You have, you or excuse me, you get out of high school. You have that first summer just messing around, a winter of like fully fully engrossed in the Corinthia scene, and then after the end of that season, where do things go from there? That's so after that season, I I drove out to Spring Pass with two of my friends, one Lou Larue and my other friend Steve, Snowboard Steve, I call him. So they like they weren't like they're not like serious like in like the skiing world, but they're just like my good friends that I met at the mountain when I just go up there. And so we we drove out to Hood for Spring Pass. That was like my first spring pass in Hood, and that was May. And then my friend Steve, his car broke down when we got out there. They didn't didn't change the oil. <laughs> and so we kind of just like got stuck and we were like, I, I don't know, like, what are we going to do? Like, should we should we fly home at the end of this? Like, I don't know, we'll figure it out. And we, we just rented a car and just kind of kept figuring it out. And then my friend Lars was like talking about how Tahoe got three feet of snow. And so I just hopped in the car with him because it was snowing. It was like raining in Oregon. And so I hopped in the car with him and went to Tahoe and got a job at Woodward Tahoe because he worked there also and then just stayed there for the summer. And they they still had skiing that summer. So like four or five weeks of it was skiing. So you just pulled up and they're like, yeah, you could have a job. Yeah, pretty much. Like, That's so sick. Like my friend Lars like worked there for a couple of years before, so I, I had to fill out the applications online and stuff. But we just I was just sleeping on a friend's couch for a week before I got the application, like accepted. Yeah, so that gets you a little bit further into into summer. Your past spring pass. That's like the like that's like the dead of summer for all the summer camps. So uh, once your time's up at Tahoe, what's the move after that? Well, so when I was at Tahoe. For line week, Will, that's when I kind of met Will Wesson and some of the other homie, line homies like Garrett Russell and Kevin Salernis was there. And then maybe some, one or two other people were also there. And I filmed with them that, that week. And then Will invited me to go to Mount Hood for the line week. And so I, I drove out to Hood again that summer at like the end of July and stayed out there for like the line week session and stayed in like the, the guest house for Wendell's, which was a, a big trip because the summer before I was a camper and then and I was like staying in like the pro house and I was like the guest. <laughs> yeah. That's so sick. Were you for the, for the Tahoe line week, did they plan to have you there or were you part of line week because you were already there? No, I, w I wasn't a part of line week at all. No, oh, you were just chilling with them, and it happened to be. Line I was week. just, yeah. I well, I was just I was working at Woodward Tahoe. Yeah, and and they came, and it just happened to be a line week, and I just like went up to him. I was like, "Yo, what's up?" I went up to Garrett, and I was like, "Yo, what up?" Like, my name is Benny. Uh, I ski for like I get skis on the East Coast from Line, and then like and then later that day I kind of like skied skied up to them, and they were like, "Yo, if you want to film with us." by all means like you can get some clips this week and of course i'm like fuck yeah like that sounds awesome <laughs> i'd love to 
Who was uh who was the filmer at the time? Was it Shane at that point or what did it already switch over? Uh Shane, he wasn't out there. No, it was just Will was just filming stuff. Oh, okay. It's just Will. That's funny. Yeah. So you go out to uh you go out to Hood and then like three in like three hundred and sixty-five days, you go from being a camper and then all of a sudden you're with the pros and all the campers are looking at you. Were you just stoked beyond belief to be there for line week? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely try to like keep it cool, you know, like acting like it's like, oh yeah, this is normal and casual, but I was definitely freaking out a bit inside. Like mm-hmm. I was just meeting so many so many people who I'd grown up watching skiing. Yeah. When you were staying at the pro house and getting to ride with all the pros, like, did you feel like you were part of that crew or did you feel like you were still on the outside looking in? I mean, I felt like I was, it was, it was only for line. It was just me and Will that were there. And then like, oh, Tucker just you would, two. it was just us two. And then Tucker would come up and, uh, and like come skiing from hood river. But yeah, it was, and I think maybe ta- maybe Taylor was there too, Taylor Lundquist. But and then we were in the pro house, like I was meeting like all these like skaters that were that were staying there too, and like some of the snow some snowboarders also. So it was definitely like cool. And the the house was up in government camp. It wasn't like at the the campus, so we would go down and like play dodgeball and and do do certain events that we do every year with the campers. But I, I mean, it definitely felt it was way different than being a camper the year before. Yeah. So after that, you know, you got the pros within line. They could probably vouch for you. Like, did did your involvement with line become more serious after that, or was it still like, yeah, you get one pair of skis a year? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of, that's kind of funny, like. I was still I was still getting skis from Tweak at that time, um, but I I had started like getting kind of talking to Connor because without I didn't even realize it was Connor at the time. I was just like messaged the Instagram. I was like, you know, like my skis broke. Like, can I get another pair or something like that? And then I got an email back, and it was Connor Clayton, who I grew up competing against in rail jams on the East Coast. Yeah, and he was so, hardly. He went to my home mallet, so I saw him yeah. my whole childhood. Yeah, yeah, he he was really good, and so and I like knew him, so I was like, oh no way, I'm talking to Connor. So like at that point, I kind of started talking more to Connor than Tweak, and because I was after that hood I, hood year, after those line sessions, I moved to Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't on the East Coast team anymore, but I just like kind of just like didn't tell tweak that i moved out of the east coast so he'd still get me a pair of skis because the year the year before uh my friend like sam ganoza who used to ride for mine when he moved to salt lake tweak wasn't able to get him skis anymore so i just kind of like didn't tell him <laughs> so like yeah yeah i'll take the skis just send them send them to salt like, lake <laughs> yeah i was like yeah like my parents would come pick them up for me <laughs> that's fire so how did you so how did you end up moving to um salt lake like did you go back to hood i'm sorry did you go back to home at all after hood or did you go straight to salt lake well after hood i went back to tahoe and finished up the summer there um there's like a few more weeks of just 
there wasn't any snow camp, but I was just teaching the the multi sport camp and just pretty much babysitting a bunch of kids that didn't know what they wanted to do yet in sports. So just do a little bit each day. And then on on Instagram, Cal Carson had on his on his story like looking for a roommate. Um I kind of had like a couple photos of the house and I was like, how much is rent? And he said, he told me it was really cheap. And I was like, I'm done. Like I'm down, I'm moving. And just from Tahoe, drove to Salt Lake and just stayed. Like you didn't need any of your other stuff. You literally just went straight to Salt Lake. And you're like, yeah, this is my new home. Yeah. I mean, I went to Salt Lake and then like after, after a few weeks, I flew back to the East coast and collected some of my stuff. Word. But yeah. There's no way I was going to just drive back to grab it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you're in Salt Lake. Who is, so it was you, Cal, anybody else in the house? It was uh, Riley Hoppersted, who, who does uh, reevaluate pants. And then Quinn Avery, mm-hmm. another one of our friends. What was I, – I can only imagine. But, like, what was the living – what was the, the condition of the house like? I <laughs> I do not imagine those super well taken care of house just here in that crew. Oh, it was it was like the cleanest house you could ever step foot in. <laughs> was it? Nah. Was it for real or not? Nah? No, not at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. It's just like a it like used to be like a party house. Like it's pretty a pretty old house. Um, like it wasn't like the cleanest for sure. Um doesn't has a swamp cooler no ac so it get really hot in the summer but yeah and i was just like what you would think of like a a bunch of like skiers who like who are just like doing their thing i feel like just gets dirty yeah <laughs> what'd you think of the well first of all had you had you been to salt lake before that or no driving out the hood that year that's it <laughs> yeah damn What'd you think of the Salt Lake scene when you finally arrived? I mean, I thought it was sick. Cause there's so many people are just out here that ski and snowboard and skate, and there's so many skate parks compared to Vermont, and so so much, so much to do. Did you immediately get plugged in with the uh, child labor guys, or did that wait till winter? Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much, cause. I grew up competing against half of the guys. They're all from the East Coast. And then met the met a few of the other homies when during that spring pass. And it, it was never like a it was never like I had to ask or they were like asked me to be a part of it. It was just kind of like, yo, like you want to hit street this year? Like it was almost like I'm me moving in was like me joining child labor. Mm-hmm. It felt like. Yeah, I, and I know that you joined kind of like later in the formation of the crew, I guess. Like, I mean, they had already made their first movie before then, but like, has it been kind of the same set of guys or do people come and go as they choose to be, choose to be involved with skiing? Yeah, pretty pretty much the, since the, like the first movie had more, more so just a bunch of homies and like, I feel like not like everyone or I guess the first movie that I filmed for Don't Fret was, was like 10 people who I've kind of been filming with the whole time. Like it's been the same people since I've been in it, like plus, maybe plus a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the first year that you arrived there, that's when that was for the filming of Don't Fret, which was the second movie, right? Because that was the first movie that you were in. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the schedule like that year? Because I already know it's that's the 2019 to 2020 season. So that, that it got cut short. But what were you guys able to do prior to COVID hitting? So that year we it was kind of just trying to to get um to film some stuff around Salt Lake and just do what we could in Utah. Um, it was more so like just just for fun like we just wanted to make a street movie and it'd be sick uh we didn't have any funding until until the last our last trip that we went on in Duluth it was kind of random though how we got the money for it like we were going on the trip regardless and kind of just figured it out but yeah we like spent we spent like multiple days up at the dam at Brighton we like hike up to this dam pretty early in the year and then we got like four or five, maybe six clips on it. Like a lot of the movie you can see is like up at that dam. Uh, and then I went back east and filmed and uh, did like the telefriend tour with Andy Perry and mm-hmm. went to all the, the East Coast mountains and skied with all the kids and gave out prize, whatever. And then. So, what month, like what month are we talking for telefriend tour? Cause is that like December, January? That's like. January, like okay. end of January, February. Yeah. And then March, we went to Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. Dude, I got so many questions just off that little bit. So first, like how much experience street skiing did you have prior to getting linked up with the child labor guys? I hit three spots ever before that, that year. <laughs> yeah. So when you showed up, were you like, "Holy shit, these guys are serious about this"? Well, I was, I was more like, "Finally, like, yeah, I got people to like be serious about this with, like, yeah, yeah." Because I didn't, there wasn't too many people to go hit street with on the East Coast. Yeah, so you're like, or "Finally, like, these, this is who I've been looking for." Yeah. Word. Exactly. So, and uh, another side of it too. Kind of like what you were saying with with that uh, that line session at Mount Hood with Will and being on the pro side. What was it like getting to travel around the East Coast on Telefriend Tour? Like that's it's where you're from, and now you're you're going there as like a guest. Uh, it was pre- it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's yeah. it's definitely it's only funny to hang out with the people you you would like watch um, skiing like Andy and Will, and like see how they are outside of like the videos that you see because watch you watch enough videos of someone you think you kind of like have an idea how they're like and then you actually like meet them and say oh yeah they are kind of like that but then there's like also whatever yeah you want to give us the uh the inside scoop so i mean who who's like off-screen personalities surprised you the most out of that crew or like any dynamics, like do Will and Andy get along well? That like obviously the show's the show is pretty much about them, and so they're kind of married, basically. Yeah. But th- does everybody get along? Yeah, they get along for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely some like arguing here and there, but yeah, I'd say they, I'd say they get along. But... So it's just yeah. So so it's actually it's it's they portray good vibes, and it's actually just it it's that like it is good vibes yeah i mean more or less it is like 
it is them because Jake Jake is filming just pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. But being funny, like this past year, like being in the van with Andy and like when he's saying like the ridiculous stuff, like <laughs> it is just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Word. So uh was LJ still still with you guys? Like was that LJ's last year of doing the tour? I don't know. LJ LJ didn't do the stops with us that year. So it was the following year that it was his last one. Because I remember seeing him during the COVID winter at Ski Sundown. And I think, I forget who was saying, I think maybe Andy made a joke about how LJ says he's going to quit every season. And then he actually ended up quitting at the end of that season. He might have been at one or two of the stops, I think, that year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That I did it. But it was most. It was just like Sawyer Sallingham was on the the tour, and uh, Will and Andy and me and Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Does that does anything? Sta- I mean, that's that's such a fun experience. Like, does anything stand out from that tour that was just like while and out, or was it all pretty like pretty standard stuff? Like just go to the ski, like go to this place, drive to the next one, go to this place, drive to the next one. Yeah, it's it pretty much just like that. Yeah, for, nothing for like nothing a month. The box. So after that tour, you're back with child labor. You guys are in Duluth. What what's this funding that you were talking about? Um, so that spring, Talty Dan had hit us up and he's like, "What would it cost to to make a child labor park at it? Spring spring park at it." And we were like, oh, should we ask him for money? Like, should, what, what should we do? Like, and we ended up being like, we don't, we don't need uh, any money, but like, if you can help pay for our Airbnb in Duluth, that would be amazing. And we'll send you that, like, park at it. And then, so he, he was down that to help pitch a little bit towards the Airbnb. And then I, um, we were like got to Minnesota and we were looking at, at the Airbnbs and there was like way more expensive than we thought it was going to be. And I ended up just like hitting up uh, Jacob from smoke proper who, I, cause I had started riding for him. I think I, had, after like after hood, he had hit me up. So that was like 2019. So like, or 2020, I think, or no, that would have still been 2019. It would have been 2019, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the end of the year. Or, like, beginning of the year 2019, I think he hit me up. And I I just hit him up, and I was like, yo, like, we're in Duluth. Like, we're filming for this uh, the street movie. Like, any chance you can help pay for our Airbnb, and we can, like, throw your logos in the movie and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, how much is it? And he, he just paid for the rest of it. And so, yeah, that was, like, our first, like, step, like, oh, no way, like, like, we're getting this paid for, like, that's so sick, like, and then we were there for two weeks, and as, towards the end of the trip, like, schools kind of started closing, and, like, COVID kind of started becoming more of a thing, and we got back that summer, or that, not the summer, that spring, we got back to Utah right after the trip, and everything shut down the next day all the mountains closed i can't do anything it was kind of shitty we're like damn it we should have stayed in duluth (laughs) 
Actually, that probably would have worked out because you couldn't do anything in Salt Lake. My girlfriend was there at the time, and she was like, yeah, I'd just go running every day. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you stay in Salt Lake with in that uh in your trap house that you guys were <laughs> you guys were running or did you did you get running back home? No, I booked it to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I mean your the season got cut like in half. How did you feel like when you finally got to see Don't Fret? Did you were you guys happy with the final product? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I think I think we were stoked on it because that's that's like still has the most views out of all the videos. We only filmed for two weeks on it. And like, I mean, every year is like, I think it's like, oh, this is so sick. Like, this is so much better than the, the year before. But it's just kind of like a memory thing. Like, you just like watch the videos of like, and you just remember shit from from like the whole trip with all your friends and like all the good times. Yeah. I think I'm just hyped on it. Like, that was my first like part like being a part of like a movie like multiple clips and something so i was i was super stoked on it. i was like this is legit like we're doing it <laughs> what was the uh what was the so, i mean this is jumping way ahead but we, we could do it you if you want to unless uh something happened that summer but what was the premiere like for uh don't fret i think cal was telling me you guys might have done a small one was that for don't fret no, for don't fret. We weren't able to have a premiere because of COVID. Yeah, and so we just we just premiered it online. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So he was. I thought you guys did a house party, but that must have been for the first that one. That was for that was for the first movie. Yeah. Okay. So don't. So okay. So we won't, we won't even bother skipping ahead. So that summer, you just spend it all up in Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. I was working for the skate shop, teaching skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And just kind of skating every day. Yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to mention anything about your skating? Because it keeps on coming up as like one of your favorite hobbies. And uh, and like on this research on this research sheet that I have, um, like there's like comp results from you skating from when you were younger. Like, have you always been just super huge into skating? There's comp results. Yeah, I think uh, my shout out my pro- production assistant Hunter Ziner. It was like a. A news article, 2014, you won a skate comp in, like, New York or something. Oh, a mini-ram competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started – yeah, I started skateboarding when I was, like, four with my friend Sam Devins. Um, he got me into it, and I was just – that was just kind of what I do in the summers, is like, ski and surf. Or not ski, skate and surf. Yeah. And so, yeah, like skateboarding and surfing is definitely like a a huge influence on how I ski. And I just, I just love it. It's so fun. There's so many like possibilities that you can do on a skateboard. I kind of, kind of like would on and off skate and then like give it up. But now I'm at a point where like, it's just so fun to do and it like helps out my skiing so much also. Yeah. Do you, are you big into like, uh, excuse me, are you big into like skate media? Like, are you watching skate edits, skate movies? Like, are you keeping up on it? Eh, a little bit. I'll like watch, I'll watch what comes out on Thrasher and like, and whatnot, but I don't know. I don't really keep up on, on it too much. Yeah. Cause I, I know some guys draw like a ton of inspiration from ski edits, especially with street skiing. But I mean, if it's not your thing to like watch those movies and try to, you know, draw from it, then it's not your thing. Well, 
I definitely, I definitely watch, I watch more skateboarding, I'd say, skateboarding and snowboarding than I do skiing. Mm. Who are you, who are you stoked on for the snowboarding cruise? Cause I, I don't know about, I really don't know about any cruise and it wasn't until like the Mill Bastards episode I did that they put me on to like some of the crews out in Salt Lake, but like, who are you watching on the snowboarding side? The dust box is super sick. Um, the sandwich homies kill it. Um, fuck, I'm spacing up. I'm spacing on some of the names, but there's a lot of these Minnesota crews. The Impaler, the Impaler videos are always really sick. I like, I watched a bunch of them, especially when I was living with Cal because he's just like always looking for spots and like we like watch the snowboard movies to kind of get get new spots inspirations and whatnot yeah when you when you when you're talking about cal looking for spots like is he looking for like he sees a video and he's like we need that specific spot or like he's like oh the way that spot is set up is good we should find something similar oh no we'll actually go to the same spots that the snowboarders hit do you just look Um, like do you hit them up and ask where it's at or do you literally just like actually just try to go find it some of them, some of them you can find because there's like some sort of like landmark in the background that you could just like find it on Google Maps. Because a lot of the time they're filming in Minnesota, and you can kind of tell when it's in Minnesota. So we'll go and try and find it, and then also I like have we have like friends that that are able to just like hit up whoever the the snowboarder is and and get a spot like the location for the spots. Yeah. What's the vibe like with uh, between you guys and other crews, like out in the city? Like, do you ever run into other people that are filming? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's it's pretty chill. It's not like it's not like we're battling. Like, ah, oh, like yeah, you guys, like, what are you doing here? Like, it's pretty, it's pretty mellow. Just be like, oh yeah, what up? Like, how are you guys doing? Like, you guys getting clips? And I mean, this whole this whole last year, we stayed. We stayed in like the same house as the Zoot Space homies or the Jet Skis homies, whatever. Yeah, you want to call them. Yeah, I mean, so, so we can get into that. So fall comes, movie premieres online because COVID fucked everything up, and uh, that that next winter. So you so uh, you're going into winter 2020 to 2021. You guys are filming for Take Three. Um, how'd that one go? It was awesome. I think take take three was like definitely better because we went to Minnesota for three weeks in January, and uh, like we were able to we managed to get a little bit of money from some companies like Smoke Proper helped us again, and we we sent a random email to Outdoor Tech Technologies and they they sent us a little bit of budget and then like Emmett was helping us out too, um, so we were able to like pay for pretty much most of our expenses traveling for the three weeks in Minnesota and then like hit spots around around Salt Lake again as well. Dude, so you guys are um, just basically the you guys are the Salt Lake Minnesota crew pretty much. Like do you guys ever do you guys ever venture outside of like those two two spots for urban? Or are you ever taking a risk going somewhere different or is it just is it just so guaranteed in Minnesota that it's like why go anywhere else? Or is it this this past year filming for the new movie we 
we went to a few other places and for like for for take three we also filmed a little bit in denver mm. um but yeah minnesota is just the easiest and uh blake blake rolfing lives in minnesota so we we were able to kind of like stay at his parents house for for a little bit during that um take three year so mm. it's kind of like it's kind of like a win-win where they have the snow, they have all the spots, and we have a place to kind of like lessen how much we have to spend. Yeah. What's the vibe like when when Blake pulls up with a dozen of his closest friends to his parents' house? His parents were gone for, for a little bit, so they weren't there. Okay, word, yeah. But, but it's pretty chill. Like Everyone's like... Respectful, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Word. So, so that, so you guys are filming in uh, Minnesota, take three. What was going on on the, on the line side of things that year? I was just like mostly just to focus on filming, filming the street part. Uh, I didn't really do, do much other than that. I was like talking, talking with Will about doing, a couple um traveling circus videos but for whatever reason the the like things that they wanted to the place they wanted to go didn't have the snow or or there were other complications that kind of made it so it didn't happen and then i went to and then with the super unknown yeah yeah i was gonna bring that up but um i mean yeah so we could bring that up 2020 you made it to semi-finalists um, but it's almost better you didn't make it to finals for 2020 because in 2021 they were able to do stuff in person. So, uh, when, what time of year is that? That's May? Around then? Uh, yeah, late spring. Yeah. So, what was it like going through every round and then you're like, boom, finals, let's get it? Um, I don't know. I honestly just made it because they, they said that they were going to pick an online winner because of uh covid mm-hmm. and like i had i had a hurt knee at the time so like it was like when i submitted the video like my knee was was pretty hurt and i just kind of they said that they were gonna have a pick an online winner and they're gonna give them like 500 bucks or something so i just i just made the video quick and submitted it the second year and the first year is i submitted it because the finals was going to be at mount snow oh, um sick. that would have been so sick yeah, and so since since like I submitted it and then I made it to the finals and then they were like, oh well, like all the finalists from last year were uh, were like European and they can't come, so we're just gonna have the contest like in person, and, like you gotta come and then like that's how you'll win it or whatever. So I was like, fuck, I guess I gotta go ski, <laughs> <laughs> and like started like doing a lot of like kind of rehab and working out my need before that so i could could go word so you have a good experience there was, was were any of your were any of the child labor guys out there with you no it was just i just kind of went out there i don't think any of the other homies made a video there were some east coast guys though no yeah i mean chris chris beckfold was there and i, I had met mason kennedy before and i met seamus that that winter seamus flanagan like everyone out there i, I had pretty much met or known of before it. So it was just like a really fun time just like with a, pe- a bunch of people who like are friends with, but like 
don't really know too well and kind of just get to know them better and have a good time skiing and partying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, cool. So that's everything that's like on the internet. Cause everything was everything after that's been this past season. So what, what have you been up to lately? And by lately, I mean like all of, all of last winter, like who have you been filming with? What have you been working on? Where have you been? Yeah. So this past, this past winter, we went to Minnesota again, uh, for pretty much all January and stayed in this, this crazy, crazy house, which you'll, uh, you'll see, you'll see kind of destruction of in the movie. And, um, after that, Cal, Egan, Emmett, and I, we went to Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, and spent, spent a week there. And then we went to Pittsburgh, but kind of, we kind of missed the storm in Pittsburgh, got just like a couple days of skiing and like a couple spots. And then I went to the East coast after that and hung out, visited the family. Uh, we went, then I went up to Sugarbush and Tulsi Dan had his, his, uh, his rail jam again this year. So I showed up for that and that was fun. Just seeing like so many people on the East coast. So many of the homies were there. It was like such a crazy event compared to when I, when I won it in 2018, there was like four times the people. So um, and from there, after that, I drove to Syracuse, New York and met up with Will Wesson and Peering and Reagan. Uh, Cause they're, we're filming like a, a two year part for a street part also, like kind of like a line video. Um, like mostly line, line athletes in the video or riders. So met up with them in Syracuse, then went to Rochester, New York. And then from Rochester, went to Wisconsin and then back to Minnesota. And then from there I left. So that was, and that was like all of January and February. Dude, you, that is literally all over the place. That's so sick. Yeah. I was so over skiing and, <laughs> and yeah. hating everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny, bro. Damn. So, uh, so where's your head at in terms of your skiing? Like this all, like we, we, we tied it back in, like, this all stems from you making the decision to pursue it in a more serious manner. And here you are like filming a, a third urban segment and then working on a two year project. You're traveling all over the country. Like, are you, are you super stoked with your, where you're at? Or do you want like even more? Like, is this, is this just the start of it? Oh, it's for sure. Just the start. I'm, I'm like, really, I'm really stoked to where I'm at. And like, I'm super grateful for, for everything that's, that's going but I'm just, yeah, I'm just getting started. Yeah. I'm only 22. That's so sick. Yeah. How do you feel like, um, you keep on bringing up Will, what's, what's your dynamic like with Will? Like, have, has he kind of taken you under his wing? Cause you first met him at, uh, Tahoe and it seems like it, it got kicked off from there. Yeah. I mean, Will's, Will's definitely been the homie in, in terms of helping me out and kind of, he just kind of invites me to all like the line stuff and that's how it was for a little bit. I was like, am I on line skis or am I just Will's friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 
Has he brought you yeah. out to? Uh, I mean, maybe you could break it down because I haven't talked to anyone about it yet. Has he brought you out to Ralph's yet? To what? Ralph's Center for Field Studies. That that like place where him he him and all his buds just build crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, I love going out there. It's such so much fun. I didn't really go this past year because I was just like exhausted at skiing. Once it was over, I just wanted to go back and ski. <laughs> but uh, after Super Unknown last year, I went up there for a few days and like a few different times. And we went and just like built whatever and skied and had a great time. Yeah. It's such like a crazy thing going out there because there's no service and it's, it is really hot, but there's also nothing to do in this little cabin. And so you go out there, you like wake up and start building something. And then you get tired, like go inside for maybe five minutes. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm bored. Like, I guess I'll go outside and build something else or like hit something else. And you're just like fully just like only skiing is like, that's like all you got to do and like and building. So what even, what even is that place? Like, it seems like it came out of nowhere with like no explanation and all of a sudden there's like these 4k videos being filmed there like what what is that place and what's going on so it actually it comes uh dak and dak and cal used to work for this academy called wasatch academy and they own the hill uh i don't remember how how they own it but how they like acquired it but they own like the the land and like the cabin or maybe they don't own the land, but they own the cabin. And then, like, where it's the at. land or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were working for for him. And then they, there was, like, a child labor video at one point where, like, the homie Chris let all of them go out. This is before I lived out here. But they all went and filmed the edit there and, like, built their own park. And he was, like, towing them with a cat or something. Um, And then... We were like, I would tell Will about it. Like, yo, there's this cabin up there, and like, we can just go and like build whatever we want. And we were like planning on on going up there and building some stuff again. And then I think during 2020, he got in contact with Chris, and they they filmed a traveling circus video up there, like during COVID. And then that's kind of how that whole relationship happened. Like, Chris is just like down for us to go and, and build whatever and do whatever up there. That is such a sick setup. And yeah. it's like, it shows that like, this is a bigger, this is a bigger conversation and we don't have to open this can of worms, but the fact that you can't be on your phone and that everyone up there is forced to either be bored or do something cool on skis. I think that's like super conducive to like getting shit done. Like, you just got, oh, that's how things, down. that's like how much, how so much stuff got done before phones. Like people were just so bored that they're like, let's do something. Yeah. Or, or I feel like they weren't, they weren't as bored because they're just like, go and do something. Now it's like, you're so used to doing something all the time. Like you get off your phone for like five minutes and you're like, you are so bored. You're like, go right back on it. Like you can't just sit there and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're already running long, so we don't need to get into that, but there's like, I put my phone onto, uh, I enabled like the grayscale 
mode so that there's like no colors. So if I'm trying to get work done, I turn that on and uh, it actually helps out so much. Like you get, you get bored of being on your phone when it's black and white because you're like, dude, this looks like shit. Like I don't even want to be on this thing anymore. Interesting. And then you really don't know what to do because you're bored off your phone and you're bored <laughs> on your phone. So you're like, shit. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that you could build a solid Wikipedia page off of all the stuff that we just covered for your life. So got some viewer questions for you. Let's get into it. First one is what's your hot take? My hot take is that uh, less is more. Word. So what does that mean to you? And then what are some good examples of that? I just think that like, it's so sick when you can just make something look so smooth and easy. Uh, even like, and just like, it's like easy on the eyes, like appealing, like, it's, I don't know. It's just like looks clean rather than just trying to do the most you can on a spot and just spinning to win and, and not, maybe not looking as good and just tossing it out there. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. I, my 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 favorite tricks are like a two to switch. Like, I think it's like so sick when someone does it, and it's like they're so locked in the two they can do whatever out of the rail, but they just like decide like ah, I'm just gonna bring it to switch. Bro, the person I think like is the epitome of that is Meeks. Dude will post <laughs> like uh like the other day he posted like a fifty fifty off like some some. It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like something that was pretty high off the ground and just 50, 50, yeah. but it went so hard. And it's like, dude, like it was literally a, a, a straightforward zero spin, but I'd rather watch that all day versus like somebody hitting a perfectly manicured jump, doing a triple like any day. Yeah. I also, I also think that people need to need to get together with their friends and film like a five minute long park at it rather than just, just going out there and, and like getting a sketchy clip and just posting it straight to Instagram. Like don't post the clip if you don't land it good. Mm -hmm. just, there's no loose, but lit. Yeah. Just, just loose. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What's your, what's your view of Instagram? I, you post some clips every now and then, but uh, like, do you try to hold on to most of your stuff? Yeah. I hate Instagram. Yeah. I, I hate it. And I'm addicted to looking at it. And I, <laughs> I know it's like you have to have it in this day and age, kind of. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I'm definitely, I definitely try, like, to do as much as I can not filming for Instagram. And just, like, maybe reposting something from another edit to it. Or, like, mm. random clips here and there. But for the most part, I just try and, like, film the the more long, long length films and stuff. So I'm super hyped to be doing traveling circus now also. Cause then it's, then it's like another thing. That's just like an, another video I can travel and I can ski the parks and do all this cool stuff, but I don't have to worry about like getting the views and the followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I just, I can just go and do the actual like video, you know? Yeah. Well, then the good part about Traveling Circus, too, is that it becomes part of a catalog of videos. Like, yeah. you know, if you make a movie one year, that's that movie alone. But you being in Traveling Circus now, that's the same thing. Like, that's the same piece of content 
as like all the stuff they were doing from the beginning. You know, it's all part of one big thing rather than, you know, like separate movies. So you're part of like Traveling Circus, the Traveling Circus story now, which I think is just like, that is such a cool opportunity, like to be part of that when it goes down in history. Cause that's just like, it's, I don't know if it get people love it. And sometimes it's seen as like a little kid thing, but that's like some of the most legendary shit that's ever been done in skiing. That whole series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So big, big congrats for that. That's so sick. Thank you. Yeah. And even like, we'll like go out with like the child labor crew and we'll all just like film, just go out with the camera and film for a couple of days and post the videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's just, it's just like, it's way cooler when you have something that's like a little, a bit, little bit longer and has like a little more like effort into it. Mm-hmm. Like Instagram, I like get like, you kind of need it nowadays. Um, that's why I still have it. If I didn't need it, I probably would have deleted it by now. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's it's just like something about like making those longer videos is like so much more enjoyable for me to watch. Hundred percent, and it it lives on in a, in a totally different way when it's part of something bigger. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's that delayed gratification. Yeah, well, it's it's actually crazy. Like in the age of Instagram, that you guys are like are not even you guys have the self-restraint to not even be like, Oh yeah, this exact shot's going to be coming out of the movie. Like even you guys are like, Oh yeah, we're not going to even mention it until it drops. We're not going to tell you who, who did what, like it's going to drop when it drops. And that's going to be like nine months after it actually happened. Yeah. And I think, I think people do still really enjoy those longer videos and like being able to come together for a premiere. It just kind of like, it just needs to be brought back and like more people needed like kind of recognize it. Like last year's premiere was insane. There was like way more people than we expected. We just, we just like uh, got this venue that was called the block and just like an underground rave warehouse. And we, we filled it to like as many as we can. You like max it out with people down the block still. So like, like, I think that like, that's like, that right there is like enough for me to be like yeah i want to fucking make another one of these like this is so cool to see everyone's reaction to watching it for the first time like in person yeah are people been at, at the premieres I haven't, I haven't been to a premiere since uh since like sunny for level one all like all my actual real-time job like this this podcast is not my full-time job my yeah. real job gets super busy during the fall so I can I like never have time and I'm never in a location where there's a premiere. For the for the premieres, are people actually paying attention or are they like too busy partying? Uh I can't remember. That kind of answers it. Well, I assume, <laughs> you guys had already seen it like at no. a, like a million times at that point. Yeah, we, we had like a homie premiere and like watched it, but I think I think people did actually kind of like sit around and uh and watch the video yeah that's so tight yeah and and this year we're planning on getting a way more legit venue and hopefully like a a bigger projector screen so more people can see it and and so that everyone can can make it to it and fit because yeah. last year was just like insane like like 500 people at least showed up damn bro 
I would love to be able to go to one of those. We'll see if I can make it happen this this fall. Um, all right, Sam Ganoza. Is it Ganoza or Noza? Ganoza. Ganoza. I feel like I also I, I think I already asked somebody else that in a separate episode. Sorry, Sam. Uh, which of the child labor guys is is the best to be at the spot with? Um, I don't have a favorite person necessarily to go to the spot with. It's it's my favorite when we all combine together and and kick it at one spot or like multiple people session a spot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's way... When you guys aren't all together, you guys split up, right? Yeah, we split up in groups of like three or four. Yeah, damn. You and you and you don't get worried about like high bust possibility when there's everybody at one spot. Well, mo- most of the time, the spots that we all come together is a spot that's in like a park or something like that where we it won't be a high bust as much. Yeah. Shit. All right. Um. um, 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 um. Two people asking the same question, and then somebody, and one of them has a another part to it. Uh, Mason Kennedy and Rolf, they both ask, "What's your favorite trick?" And we'll split it up: rails and jumps. Uh, I mean, my one of my favorite tricks is back back four on a rail. Mm. Will always feel good. Landing switch, pretty much anything you land switch will always always feel sick. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I, a chord five lead mute is also, yeah, also one of my favorite tricks for sure. Just being able to like yank the mute grab and pull it, pull the switch feels so good. Yeah. But more recently, for sure, and like even even from the start, I've always been a big fan of hand drags and like hand plants and like putting my hands down on the snow. Always feels so cool to me. Where growing up, were you more of a jump guy or a rail guy? I think I've always been more of a rail guy. It just comes but, with being from the East Coast, yeah. Yeah, but I like to I like to jump here and there, and I definitely have have a lot more stuff I want to do on jumps. I just don't ever get the chance to hit like the good jumps that I want to for long enough. Yeah. All right. Mason Kennedy follows it up with, uh, "What pants do you wear?" The pants I wear. I wear uh, our the reevaluates. Those are a pair that Riley makes. Shout out to Riley; he's the man. The pants are sick. Um, and then Lars, Lars Lund, he just made me a pair of of denim ski pants with a little bit of waterproofing. They look really sick, and I'm excited to to rock them this year. And his company is Deathlook. He's just starting out. Um, I would have worn them in hood, but they were just a little bit long, so he's just gonna like cut them down a little and make them perfect for this winter. Yeah. Are Are you still living with Riley and Cal, or or did you guys all go your own ways? No, Cal still lives in that house. I live with uh, Sam now. Sam Ganoza. <laughs> Bro, that's your roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's mad funny. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Shout out to him, dude. He actually uh, he actually submits questions kind of frequently. I fuck with that. I like the people that are always coming back to 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 drop a question in there. Yeah, because um, he's a G. Yeah. Um, dude, that is so funny. We were, we were just talking about your roommate. That's awesome. Uh, 
So Jackson asked, what's your favorite ski movie, video, or part? Uh, favorite is like the 86 or Mutiny. Mm-hmm. Any of the step movies, really. Yeah. Do you have a favorite segment in one of those? Because I definitely have a favorite segment from one of those movies. Can't say I have a favorite segment, no. Just kind of the all-around all video. Dude. The Charlie Owens segment with the Kendrick cartoons and cereal. That one, it's like the super dark one. I think, I don't, I can't, I think it's in the 86. It's the one that starts out with like the fire alarm going off and, and yeah, like, yeah. he's wearing the ski mat or the, like the hockey mask. That shit. When I first saw that, like my freshman year of high school, I was like, dude, these guys are on some other shit. What? Like, it's like a horror movie almost. Yeah. It's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 segment always stuck with me. And then I forget what movie it was, but Clayton's like two on, and then he just stalls it out and lands switch with uh-huh. those with those K two like red, white, and blue skis. That one that yeah. is crazy. Also, HG skis eat the guts is a classic above that movie too. Yeah, that one's awesome. Is that one? Do you like that one because you're an East Coast guy, or just because it's like it's just an objectively good movie? I mean, it could be a little bit of both. Could have a little bias. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Word. All right. Uh, George asked, what's your favorite clip of yours in take three? My favorite clip is uh, it's probably the the clip that I got where I jumped. I was like in the alleyway of a house, and I went from the little roof and then hopped over from the little roof to the other house ledge. And just slid it to forward. It yeah. was one of my favorite because it was like we didn't even know if the people were home or not. It was just kind of we just like saw them and we're like fuck it, like let's just try it. Yeah. And I tried to go back to do a, a lip on from the from the little house, and like the guy was like in his house and <laughs> called the cops and had to get out of there. <laughs> Is that that might be your opening clip for for take three? No, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. No. Your open your opening opening clip is you on a uh, snow skate. <laughs> oh yeah, the board slide. Yeah, that's pretty tight. Yeah, and then here it is. Yeah, the the dude, that's that's a sick spot. Yeah. Or yeah. or my the clip where I climb out of the tunnel and then hit the rail. That one's my favorite too. Oh wait, hold up. Is that take three? Yeah. Am I tweaking? Like, wait, is that the one out of the manhole cover, or not? Or am I bugging and mistaken? Yeah, yeah. that's you. Yeah, bro, <laughs> yeah. that clip is so sick. What what what's the backstory for that? Like, who the fuck thought of? All right, you're you're gonna <laughs> climb down into the sewer, and then climb out. <laughs> we didn't climb. We didn't climb into the sewer. So it was like we, Cal and I, had just got to Denver, and like both of our knees were kind of hurt. Like, and we were just, like, chilling there. I was chilling with my friend from high school, Mikey, who, like, lived near Cal's parents' house. And he was like, yo, there's this park near near my house. And uh, there's, like, a bunch of sick rails. Like, let's go. And we are like, oh, yeah, we're, like, let's go check it out. Like, we want to scope some spots. It's, like, on our way out to, to Minnesota. And uh, once we were there, we were, like, walking around the park, and there's this, like, like the rail that I hit and there's like a tunnel underneath it. And we're just kind of like, just kind of like looking around this park and like, now we saw that and like, then we like, oh, like 
I wonder where that leads. And we kind of just like walked in this tunnel, just exploring. And we saw we saw the manhole, the man like the the ladder up to the manhole. And then we we're like, huh, like wonder where this manhole pops out. And like, it was we were just like being like super fried, like definitely like a bit stoned. And we were just like pop, like went looked at where the manhole popped out. It happened to be like right above the rail. And we were like, yo, this would be so funny if someone just like climbed out the manhole and then hit the rail. And then, and there was, there's literally like no snow in this whole park. There's just this one snowman that someone made in the middle of the field. And we like, we like put it on like some like snow skates. And then my friend had some snurfers and we just kind of like dragged this huge snow pile over and kind of like use a tarp to kind of get up, scrape up a little bit more snow. And that's why the lip is just like so skinny and small and like the inner run is pretty much leaves. <laughs> That's wild. All that, yeah. And like, yeah. I like, go ahead. And I had a hurt knee. So I was just like, I don't really know like what I will be able to get for clips. Like, but this rail is pretty easy to slide and like, it would be funny. So let's just, let's just do it. Like, fuck it. <laughs> where, dude, where in the movie is this? I'm looking for that clip. Um, It's right after Sam Gnose's part, I think. Uh, okay, word. I got to see this. Dude, because I didn't even I didn't even know that was you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, this should I complete I literally completely forgot about this clip. That is so funny that this is you. <laughs> Dude, look at and look at your face. You're fucking fried, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Word that like is so bud. <laughs> that is so funny and it, it it really is such like a small hit like it's just like a you just hit it go to forward and then 180 over the little gap yeah it's stupid <laughs> yeah no that's that's such an awesome shot you guys had some really great b-roll in that movie with like all the characters talking and the and like the dennis, little kid saying dennis, dennis the menace <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny bro that was a really good movie, yeah. Sometimes I watch it and just watch the intro just so I could hear that Kate Bush song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, binging boulders. What's the most effort you put into an urban spot? The most effort I've put into an urban spot? Oh, yeah. In terms of, in terms of like, hitting the spot or building – yeah, I think we could do both, but I think the intention was like most number of attempts on a on a spot. Yeah, so the, the most number of attempts was the my ender in take three, where I go lip on and then transfer to like a, a down flat transfer to another down. Um, that one I like tried to do it for for a bit during like a snowstorm and got really worked on it. And then we left and the next day we went back and it was like pretty sunny and we had to, we had to dig out the entire stair set because it got fully buried because it got two feet of snow. And then we had to make a huge drop in for it again, like pile it up and it ended up taking me like the whole day to actually get it. Cause I was so scared to commit to jumping over to the other rail. I mean, like looking back at it, like, I probably could have gotten the transfer a little bit better still, but 
I was just like so hyped that I just like made it to it and I was just like whatever like this is good enough but looking back on it now I kind of wish I went back for it to do it again yeah but with with things like that I generally trust my gut like if you went back you yeah. would have gotten like crazy hurt you know like sometimes yeah. you gotta trust what you're feeling for sure yeah what about like in terms of in terms of most effort you put into building a spot I guess like the biggest build would be like from this past year I think where we, I made like it was kind of like a line just like a tranny and then hit a rail afterwards um just like any any tranny spot that you're building it takes so much more snow and like time to kind of make it work yeah do you guys um, generally do like natty speed or are you bringing winches and and uh like banshee bungees if anybody even still uses those uh during the year of the take three movie we broke like 10 banshee bungees uh and so this year because we have we have a winch that uh zach made zach's sort event but it never works it really, like works it's worked for like two spots ever and so we always bring this winch thinking we're gonna hit winch spots and then it it always breaks so we ended up making building like every crew that we had we had like three three different crews of people going out and we we all built um a drop-in and we were all using drop-ins and then emmett Emmett was in Minnesota at the same time as us, so he he let us use the e-winch a bit. And like, shout out to Emmett this year. He just bought us an e-winch, so we'll be going fast. Yeah, word, dude. Shout out to Emmett. Um, all right. Grant Harris asks, what what's the conclusion to the child labor uh, court case, the vandalism court case? Oh, we haven't haven't heard from him. Uh, no, I think the guy the guy was just trying to milk us for some money, but he never he never followed through with any court stuff. Yeah, I got a phone call from like a detective, but I didn't respond. He did the detective just left you a voicemail. Uh huh. <laughs> I I can send you the voicemail. Benny, hey, this is Detective with the Salt Lake City Police Department. Just calling you regarding an incident uh, from back just before Christmas time, where you and some friends were skiing over the guy's property. I just want to get a statement from you regarding your involvement in that, what we witnessed. So if you can, give me a call back. My number is 801. So that was mainly Cal's, Cal's problem to deal with, right? Cal and Sanch, yeah. Damn, that's wild. Well, I'm glad that uh, the guy kind of just dropped it. Yeah, I mean, he was asking for like a ridiculous amount of money. For like his his rose bushes and his grass being ruined, it's like, buddy, like your shit got ruined because it snowed during winter. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we could fly through these last ones. Some of them are simple. Um, it's Norris, not Chuck. What are your din set at? Dins are at eleven. Always. Word. All right, Emmett Davis. Crypto tips. He needs some help. Um, buy low, sell high. <laughs> yeah, any specific thing to hold? Ethereum. Oh, Ethereum all the way. Word. All right. And Benny's a financial advisor, so if something goes wrong, you can come after him. Yeah, no, don't take don't take my financial advice. 
Word. All right. Uh, Aaron says shout out under flip onto pill. Yeah, that was that was a funny one. I don't even really know why I did it or how I, how I ended up trying it, but it's a huge shipping container thing at the bottom of Mount Snow, and it had like kind of like a wally up to it, and we were just like having a good time skiing. I was like, maybe I'll just backflip onto this, and I tried it a couple times, and I'd kind of come off to the side a little bit, and then. I just went way faster the last time and just like it just kind of like boosted me off of it. I went so high in the air and did the underflip, landed on it. Just like as soon as I landed, I was just like looking at Aaron and Goo, just kind of laughing. <laughs> like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> That's awesome. How does the Corinthia Park stack up now that you've like traveled around and seen all sorts of different shit? How does the Corinthia Park stack up to the rest of them? I mean, back back then it was it it held its own for sure it's kind of since Vail bought it, it's kind of going a little bit downhill um but i think it i like i think it does it holds its own for sure like it's just as good as any park on the the west coast the only thing is that the weather's so much better out here mm-hmm. yeah dude like you were talking about the the winters and on the East coast and like people listening that haven't experienced it. Like I used to film a lot when I was younger at the mountain and filming in like January always sucked. Cause it was like the, the landing straight ice. You're scared for like everyone that's doing shit. It's just like, like yeah, 90% the sky, of the like, time East coast skiing snow. is terrible. Yeah, I agree. Now yeah. I go back home and I just snow skate at magic mountain. I don't even ski <laughs> <laughs> word. All right, um, Phil, favorite juice flavor? <laughs> the screwdriver for sure. <laughs> Sorry, you got to explain. You got to explain juice for the people that don't know. Hmm. Well, it's just it's just like an orange juice kind of vodka drink. It's like a four loco. Um, it kind of started off as a joke last last spring pass because they had them at uh, Thriftway. And we would just kind of, we'd all get it, like go back to the campsite after skiing and just start and just drink a juice before anything else. And it's just like a, a tall can, like four loco, 14%. And just, it gets you. <laughs> <laughs> Word. All right. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with this final question. I always wonder if people get sick of those stupid questions thrown in, but they're, they're fun to ask. Cause it's usually something that the guest knows about and it's like an inside joke, but. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. During this, during this past, uh, this past trip, I drank a juice when we were out there for the line week at Wendell's and I, I got a little bit, uh, turned up. You can say. <laughs> All right. Last one. And this dude's giving you major props. The Good Willie, do you find it crazy that you created a culture of skiers just from riding a unique ski? What inspired you to ride the Sakana? Um, I don't, I don't really. I feel like I've, I've created a whole new culture from like the ski. Um, thank you for if you feel that way, but really just inspired me because I thought I liked the aesthetic. Kind of growing up in like a beach town, it was like surfboards have like twin fin fishtail and snowboards have in like even like skateboards i love like a shaped skateboard and so i got the sakanas for that reason and then once i started riding it and like actually like shredding them out and then like the turning radius and like being able to carve and stay on edge and 
everything about it just like I just loved it and so I decided to like keep skiing it just ski in the park kind of I recognized that there weren't really anyone doing it. I was like, why not? Like, this ski is so fun. Word. Yeah. yeah. You getting a pair this season, definitely looking forward to having them because it's just – you ride them like it's not a true center mount, right? It's a little bit back. Oh, I recommended, I think it's like minus 11. I just – and I put it up one from what was recommended on the ski. So, there – I have them mounted way back from center. Yeah. And that doesn't, like, mess you up switch or anything? No, not really. What the only thing like switch like if it's really soft, this like the the tails will kind of like dig into it a little bit or like go and switch off a lip. But other than that, like I I couldn't feel a difference. No, maybe like a slight difference if I'm spinning fast off a rail, just because like the swing weight. But other than that, no. It's like I just love them. It's so sick. Yeah, it's like on some Zeb Powell shit. You know, when he rides that crazy board, it's like it looks just as sick. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out Word. All right, that's all I got for you. Plug what? Uh, let's let's have you plug whatever you got to plug uh, for child labor, any upcoming projects, and then where they could find you as well. Yeah. So, uh, child labor. Why not? Um, what the new movie is going to be called? Uh, we're premiering in in Denver. Um, September September 17th the second night of the the level one premieres film festival um and we're looking we're looking for a date later in October 2014th or the 21st for Salt Lake um and like thank you thank you Smoke Proper and Vishnu and Vine Skis and Talty Dan Arsenic all you guys for supporting us in our videos and thank you to Thank you to everyone that's kind of been there along the way and made skiing so fun for me. Um, yeah. Hell yeah! And what's the and what's the name of the new movie? Why not? Boom! Heard it here first. All right, Benny. Thanks so much for your time, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me.